Welcome to the Kumbaya Podcast, the whole woman's resource. I am Dr. Amanda Shipley, a pelvic physical therapist who is passionate about prevention and supporting women along their holistic health journey. Today I am speaking with Dr. April Warhola, chiropractor and owner of Cafe of Life in Grant Park, Atlanta. She speaks about her own healing journey from an injury, how she built up Cafe of Life, and what she does to stay balanced and centered. She is an inspiration and a wonderful healer. She gives us lots of great resources and advice on how to listen to our bodies in order to live our best life possible. Visit kumbayalpodcast.com if you want to check out the show notes for this episode. We will have links to Dr. April's website and the helpful resources she refers to during our conversation. Please note that with the upcoming holidays, this episode will be the final episode for season one. I plan to spend December and January with my family, enjoying time together, and we will resume with season two in February. So I wish everyone the happiest of holidays and the best of New Year's, and I will see you in the new year. Good morning, Dr. April. I am so excited to have you with me here for the podcast. Thank you again for coming. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really happy to be on the show today. So I'd love to start by having you tell us how you found your way into chiropractic care. Well, that's a really easy question for me to answer. Um, My grandfather was a chiropractor. He was one of the people I would consider a pioneer of the profession. He wasn't one of the first, but he was certainly in some of the first graduating classes up in uh, Davenport, Iowa at Palmer College. And um, he had uh, six children and two of his sons also became chiropractors. So I've got two uncles and uh, my grandfather is now passed, but all three of them practiced in Ohio. Wow. All together in the same practice? No, very different types of practices. Mm-hmm. Um, three different ways of, uh, of incorporating chiropractic and that was a really, really fun thing for me to see once I was in school. Yeah. One was very maybe sports, um, sports science focused. Um, the other uncle was very energetic and spiritual in his practice, did a lot of allergy testing, mm. um, as well as chiropractic. That's cool. And my grandfather was, um, he practiced mostly in the downstairs of his home. He saw one client at a time and spent quite a bit of time with each person, maybe an hour to two hours. Wow. And did a lot of research and studying um, in his time. So he was a very analytic, analytic type of guy. He wrote several books, created a technique, mm. and uh, really progressed the profession. I'm interested with your grandfather. So did he do a lot more like manual therapy? Yeah. So in chiropractic, we have several different techniques. And in him developing a technique, he used a lot of hands-on. He used uh, different techniques such as Thompson and um, Gonstead. Those Mm. were the two big ones at the time. And then he developed his own, which he thought would become another big technique in the profession, but it didn't quite take off. I think because it was so analytical. It took a lot of time to go mm. through all the steps and all the processes. Right. And I think it was a little bit too much for people to do every visit. They didn't want to take as much time as he did, mm. but he was very, very hands-on. Mm. 
And I say manual therapy, I guess I was thinking more massage because, you know, in my experience with chiropractic, it's, you know, individual adjustments, but it, I, I just find it hard to think, oh my God, that could last an hour, you know? So, right. So it was the technique. So I wonder if I can explain this. Yeah. Um, it would be a process where he was checking leg lengths and actually taking a marker and marking the legs mm. to be really precise. And then he would check different ear points. And before and after every adjustment, he was using a lot of the body to see, uh, to maybe do a trial type of adjustment. What changed? Then he would remeasure everything, do another input that wasn't quite an adjustment, but mm. it was an input to see how would this change the system? Mm. And he would go about checking almost every vertebral level uh, with this methodology before he actually delivered the adjustment. Oh. So it wasn't about therapy at all. It was truly the precision of where and when to give the precise adjustment. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. And in PT, we kind of do similar and, you know, we do have more time with patients, I think, um, than other practitioners maybe, but we in you know we should be testing and retesting after you do your mobilization, your manual technique, especially mm -hmm. when you, you think about the joint. So, oh, that's so exciting. So having these different experiences and seeing this in your family, when you went into chiropractic, what you know did you choose for your treatment philosophy? What spoke to you? Yeah, that's a really cool question. And it brings up a really, uh, a memory that I haven't thought through in a while. So let me back up. So when my grandfather was coming up in the world, there's something I perceived that was very different when I went to school, and I couldn't identify it for a while. I think, you know, in the early 40s and 50s, as a species in the United States, a lot of us, we were manual laborers. Mm. And at that time, the techniques that were really popular, the, the techniques that came about out of that time were really um, deep, intense force, like really moving bones in a big way. Right. And that actually makes perfect sense for the people that were walking in the doors at that time. Yes. Now, for me as a child... Um, although I always trusted and I could really feel, I had an awareness after every adjustment that it, that it really reconnected me. I felt like it got me through anything and everything from a cold to, you know, minor depression in college, moving away from home, mm. um, you know, to having stomach aches and anxiety and nervousness. So I always, knew the benefit of it, although it wasn't always the like most gentle, kind thing into my body. Right. And in my first couple quarters of school, I met a gentleman who became one of my great mentors, Dr. Arnaud Bernier, and he teaches seminars outside of school um, that he called making love to the spine. He was actually aware of the change that was necessary in our world today, because today we're not all manual laborers. Mm -hmm. Today we're sitting at desks. Today we are, you know, taking small walks and, and practicing yoga and more in tune with ourselves. We're not working in like caves and factories and steel workers and some things that, you know, were popular in a different era. And with that, um, he taught a different style of adjustment that was a lot more honoring a little bit more gentle, a lot more working with the body than trying to put a big force into the body. 
And that's, I mean, the first time I was adjusted by him, tears actually just came out of my eyes. I I couldn't quite understand it at the time. I just thought, wow, I've never felt anything like that before. That's what I want to gift people. And that's really where I've taken my practice today. I've continued on with that work and Mm -hmm. some other uh, work similar to it. Yeah. And so do you use the equipment, the what do they call the adjusters? Or the yeah, there's an activator active. tool available. Mm-hmm. No, I actually still use my hands primarily. And okay. I do do a lot of uh, what would be called manual or osseous adjusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love connecting with people with my hands. Mm-hmm. It's um, maybe one of my capacities. Mm-hmm. I'm very kinesthetic. Okay. Uh, so okay. the adjustment is very similar, but it's also quite different. Yeah. Is it like that rotation, the high velocity kind of manipulation or it depends Um, on? It depends on the person and what's warranted at the time. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's exciting. Um, And do you have a practice focus? Do you have certain conditions you like to treat or age ranges or anything like that? It has changed over the years and I believe it's probably changed based on where I am, you know, as a, as a chiropractor, a doctor and a healer. Mm. Um, I would say the thing I love the most is to facilitate people to make a really big change in their life, wherever they show up. Usually when people come to see me, um, they might have pain in their body and I like to help them understand where that pain comes from, whether that's a physical stress, whether that's an emotional stress, or whether that's a chemical stress, a combination of all of those things. Mm -hmm. So we create change with those adjustments into the neurology that also allows them and I help them to make those changes outside in their life as well, so that that change can really stay long term. That is so exciting because we're learning so much more how much stress affects the body. And so it doesn't matter what stresses you out. It could be, and and we all have to deal with stress, right? I mean, it's a healthy um, thing that's going to get us to change or make positive changes in our life. doesn't have to always be negative, but yeah, the the power of stress on our body to manifest disease or manifest, you know, whatever, it's crazy. Yeah. And I think that actually is where we see so much similarity, um, whether we're working, I mean, I work with the whole spine and nervous system and you focus more on the sacrum and pelvis, Mm -hmm. but those stressors, they show up as deficiency in how people breathe, you know, and in how um, energetically they connect from their mind, mind, body, that mind, body connection that's so big and so important. And it's amazing how people are disillusioned to what's, you know, I didn't have a fall. I don't understand why my back hurts. Uh, we're so programmed to think like a physical ailment has to be the reason for our physical pain. Mm-hmm. And so often the thing that's not considered is what you just lost your job. Like what is the major life change that you just experienced that created this? You know, was it a a breakup? Was it a a wedding that you've just been planning? And and there's a lot of stress with even positive things in the world that create different areas of dis-ease or subluxation is what I would call it. Um, I'm sure that you have a word also. We all use different words Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, yeah, that, that's what I'm pretty passionate about, actually. Yeah. That's so exciting. And I think, you know, my specialty is pelvic floor PT. And in the physical therapy world, we're definitely looking more into there doesn't have to be a physical reason for our pain. 
you know, we used to think there are pain receptors in the body, they go up to the brain, and then they come back down. And now we know the pain is in the brain. There's no nociceptors, there's no pain receptors in the body It's temperature, heat, pressure, you know, things like that. And it's, it's incredible, you know, in, in pelvic floor, we are doing a lot more with the diaphragm with the breath. And I tell people, you know, our body stabilizes like a box. So you've got the diaphragm at the top, pelvic floor on the bottom, abs or transversus abdominis in the front, multifidus in the back. And so we've not really worked in the diaphragm into it until these last couple years. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many, but it's now really pretty much widespread. I think most people know about working with the breath and how that engages the pelvic floor and the interplay. Well, like you said, with the diaphragm, and the relation of that to the brain and the relation of any postural muscles with stress and with just increased states of arousal with our brain, um, whether it's awareness, I tell people, even if you don't feel stressed, if you're just busy all the time and you're not letting yourself relax, your muscles are not going to let go. They're just always going to be on and that's going to have problems, you know, down the road or even immediately. So. 100%. And I could add to that looking at a little bit more of the body whole, I mean, you've you've identified the brain body communication, more of the same pattern that I see mm-hmm. uh, with the diaphragm would also include the psoas, the diaphragm, the SCM, and then the atlas, uh, which is the top vertebra of the spine, Mm. there is a pattern that shows up and it's usually all on the same side of the body. Mm. When that body is in that over sympathetic or like you've go, 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 and you're not stopping (laughs) and taking time to do Mm self-care. So I see the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy because I'll tell my patients too, and they'll say, well, nothing happened. I don't know when this started, but we look for even good things like, well, did you have a major job change? Did, you know, so it's a promotion they worked for. They knew it was coming. They were excited about it, but still either that working period of, of attaining that promotion or when they finally got it and how that changed their family dynamics or, or their life in whatever new ways mm-hmm. can then have effects physiologically when, you know, they don't even realize. So absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> That's what I love helping yes. people with. But. Yes, yes, me too. <laughs> um, so I, I just have to ask if you are um, willing to share your story. You have a, um, a pretty incredible story of recovery yourself. Um, and if you're willing, I would I would love for you listeners to hear about that and your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's almost been about two years ago. It was December of 2016. I was in my own home and one of my own dogs actually, um, uh, you know, with all the love in my heart, I say kind of plowed me over in the living room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I ended up um, falling on the hardwood floors uh, with my arms and legs in the air. So I fell right onto my sacrum. Uh, and what ended up happening, I, there were a lot of things in that moment I wasn't p- perfectly clear about because it knocked me out pretty good. Um, I ended up having a what they call a sacral concussion, which means that uh, from my sacrum, my spine went all the way up into my brain and created inflammation, concussion, um, a lot of words I'll try to explain as I say. I, I have to remember that all the listeners don't know all this language, right? Um, d- dysautonomia, which basically means that my body was unable to integrate change. So 
hot temperature, cold temperature, loud noises, light, um, moods, um, anger, uh, frustration, those things weren't able to integrate into my system. And that would create some pretty dramatic symptoms, um, ranging from my blood pressure and heart rate escalating to points that were pretty dangerous, um, to the worst of it would be that I was having tremors in my right arm and leg. So, um, there were a couple months that I really could not be anywhere in the public, um, without having sunglasses and earplugs, and I could only be out for short periods of time. I really couldn't walk up even a a short sidewalk that had any kind of incline. So all of these different things were causing some pretty erratic symptoms. And um, I did seek care. Well, I should say from the beginning, it was, I was over the holidays. And so I had to make some choices in that moment initially that were probably not common or popular uh, when I would tell people they really didn't understand why I didn't immediately rush myself to the emergency room. And you weren't alone, right? You had someone with you. That's correct. And that's how, you know, I know things like I didn't hit my head on the floor, you know, that it was truly from the sacrum that created this because uh, my partner and my mother-in-law were both um, in the room. And yeah, what? let's see. So you were saying you did not make um, a, like a, a common decision immediately to... <laughs> Right. Rushed to the hospital. Right. So I think as I laid there on the ground, I thought to myself, well, I've got a couple choices here. Um, I immediately realized I couldn't get up without having some pretty severe concussion symptoms. Um, I think a lot of people do experience concussion. I don't know to what degree, but what that looked like for me is any trying to get upright, even lifting my head up or movement of my head at all. Um, I would get cold sweats and feel like I was going to either vomit or pass out. I couldn't put weight on my legs. I had to shuffle backwards um, to get, you know, to a bathroom. And my immediate response was, I've got uh, an amazing healer who's an acupuncturist. She lives really close by. And that was the first person I wanted to see. Um, When I look at choices, when I have symptoms of any kind in my life, Mm -hmm. it is what is the outcome I will gain by going to do X, whatever that choice is that I would make. And I think in my heart, I knew that if I went to the emergency room, my options were going to be to get really doped up with a whole bunch of myriad of drugs. I mean, I was probably going to get a drug for my pain, a drug for the tremor, a drug for the concussion, a drug for inflammation, a muscle relaxer. Um, And what was that actually going to facilitate for me in the long run? The answer for me was not healing and health. It was going to cover up a lot of symptoms and that I wouldn't be able to be really clear or aware of what exactly was going on in my body. Mm-hmm. And that actually doesn't work for me. Yeah. So when the acupuncturist came over, um, she did a lot of grounding and just trying to get my body to calm, to be in a calm state. Uh, from there, I spent several months working with functional neurologists who are a very specialized group of people that are very brilliant in the chiropractic profession. They have a diplomat degree mm-hmm. in neurology. So they're a beautiful combination really of chiropractors and neurologists. Mm. 
um, they really were able to get me to a place where I was functioning over the next six to eight months, at which time I realized there was still probably something else going on in my body. I'd been to several different um, doctors at this point. I had had several different images taken. Mm. There was still something that I knew was going on, but I didn't have any pain in my body. Mm. I just had a lot of irregular symptoms. So I believe that in the from the doctor's perspective, it's really hard to diagnose if you don't have pain. Mm-hmm. And I had to do a lot of uh, figuring this out and trusting my body on my end. So another, I guess, foundation or root that I always go back to is I believe that bodies are brilliant. I believe that our bodies do not lie and that they're always working for our greater good. So why was it that my body was still having these symptoms that I that they weren't healing? My body is, a, is an amazing healer. Mm. I've just come out of this whole like concussive thing with no drugs, you know, totally naturally. And I still have quite a few of these uh, symptoms showing up. Mm-hmm. And so what were they at that point when it was, had, was better, but still bad? Yeah. So I was, I was able to now go out. I was, you know, good in the public. I was much better with light, with sound, with the concussive symptoms. Um, I was not able to walk still. I couldn't walk. I couldn't go up inclines. I couldn't walk upstairs. I tried to ride a bike at some point and made it like, I don't know, 20 pedals. And I started having the tremors in my arm again. Mm. Um, And the doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. You know, we ruled out a lot of the really dangerous stuff, but Mm -hmm. there was still a piece missing. So it was actually at this point that I sat down with a pelvic floor specialist. We had coffee together Mm -hmm. as part of a networking event. Mm -hmm. And as she started explaining to me this amazing profession that I had honestly never heard of, and that's really, really sad because I think every woman on the planet should know about pelvic floor work. Mm -hmm. Um, She was explaining to me what she did, what her specialty was. And by the end of the conversation, I just knew that I had met her. Yes, so that I could pass on this information about this profession, but also Mm -hmm. because I needed it to help my own self. Yeah. So it was at my first uh, exam with her that she did that the internal and external pelvic floor work mm-hmm. realized that I had some pretty severe numbness in some of the muscles. I had no feeling uh, bilaterally, which led me to get images of my pelvis, which led me to uh, a diagnosis of a torn labrum in my hip. And it had been overlooked, not because anybody was wrong, but because I didn't have pain um, it was really hard to identify and I didn't have the pain because I had so much numbness. Yes. So once that was uh, corrected, um, the, the symptoms, those very strange symptoms began to rebalance. My body immediately felt like it was put back together again. Yeah. And I think that's when I met you and mm-hmm. continued my work with you and uh, mm-hmm. actually just... Um, Went with my sister this morning. We did a three-mile jog in a pretty hilly area of Grant Park. Nice. And uh, it's the first time I've really been able to exercise in almost two years, and it feels so great. And especially this morning was super cool and amazing. (laughs) I love living here when the humidity drops. Yeah, it was. But even through the surgery, um, I... 
the scariest part of the surgery to me was really probably the drug. And I'm just being honest about mm -hmm. this. Again, maybe not popular, but from my point of view, I want my body to be at optimum function, meaning my immune system is clear, is high and functioning, means that I'm clear. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I went through that with a lot of ease. And I I'm pretty sure they gave me a little pain medicine before I came out of the anesthesia. Mm -hmm. That was the only drug I took in my healing. So I actually didn't take any pain medicine wow. from the moment I left the hospital. Um, I did my work naturally. I used chiropractic. I used acupuncture, the pelvic floor work. Yeah. And I was able to really heal through that quicker than anybody had no Tylenol, seen. No Tylenol. No Tylenol. Low grade anything. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah. Um, I used uh, natural like herbs or anything? Yeah. Or homeopathics? Yeah. Okay. I used I used some natural vitamins, but really that were targeted to help heal the, the right. injury. It wasn't really to like get rid of the pain. Mm -hmm. So I was just with that, uh, with my body and my body healed really, really miraculously. Well, and I think that's, yeah, again, not to be super popular, but I, you know, I just see with our society, that's, I feel like where we're going. It's like, oh, let's mask these symptoms. Let's not strengthen our body to be able to heal itself let's you know and, and then our whole view of what is wellness well is it lack of disease or is it presence of some vitality is it you know something else that we're striving for and just the way you speak it makes me really feel like you do have a clear picture into your body you know what good feels like so you are in tune to know when you're deviating from that you can get back on track quicker which seems like it would make it easier to get back on track and Example, I, I still, I just always think about this. When I was in PT school, you know, we'd said, oh, you have diabetes, you're done, and you can't ever get back to it. And now then I learned, okay, it's like a 10-year process. You don't just get it overnight. It's this breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Oh, now it's broken, you know. Or, yes. Um, I feel like where there, it's not black and white. We have that gray area where we should be addressing things, trying to be in tune with our body, not just masking stuff, but doing what keeps our body functioning optimally. 100%. And I think that that is where my profession is really solid and leading that. I mean, there are lots of people doing it, but as a profession, um, I like to think that chiropractic is about what's right with the body mm -hmm. and how can we facilitate it staying as right as possible mm -hmm. instead of what's wrong with it. Let's diagnose it. Let's tear it apart. Let's give drugs that actually influence it more in the negative than in the positive, cover up the symptoms. I mean, chiropractic is so much about, um, let's, let's find those little areas where we can fine tune this nervous system yeah. and allow your body to work at optimal function and let you be healthy and happy. And I think a, a big part of the awareness that I have of my own body is because I've been receiving that care for so long. Yeah. And you nailed it when you said, when you're, when you're clear and when you have a good idea about what's going on in your body, you can see pretty quickly and easily when you deviate from that. Mm. And I think that what I see in society with a lot of people that come in to see me is that they are so bombarded by all of these layers of things, stressors, food, chemicals, you name it, mm -hmm. that people have no idea what listening to your body even means. That's the most foreign thing they've ever heard. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they don't even know what their body's supposed to feel like. I mean, I can't tell you how many people, it just breaks my heart. They have had headaches 
since they were, you know, eight years old every day of their entire life. And they're coming to me at 45. Oh, gosh. And it's like, I just think, how can you possibly? And I'm amazed that they're still happy. They yeah. still have lives. They have good jobs. They're moving through the world. That's how amazing our bodies are. Right. But my goodness, you do not have to live like that. Yes. There, there are other options. Yes. <laughs> if someone comes in in that situation and they have all these layers, all these things that they're dealing with, what would be your first point of attack besides doing the chiropractic adjustment and addressing what their body needs, like reducing environmental toxins or managing stress? Like, I mean, I feel like there's so many different ways you could handle that. What, what do you find works best or is it really just very individualized? <laughs> it is very individualized. Um, I listen very closely to people's life story. I ask a lot of questions about, you know, how were you born? How many vacations do you take? Mm. You know, how often um, do you get out and spend time with your family? What do you do that you love? Um, how many cups of coffee do you drink a day? Mm. What is your vice in your diet? I mean, mm. you know, we go through so many different things on our first visit. Mm -hmm. And it's gotten to be pretty easy for me to identify mm -hmm. one, like I, I love to give people one thing that they can change and I'm pretty good at picking out that thing and I'll give you a clue. It's usually the thing that they say, oh, well, yeah, I love sweets and I'll never change that. Like that's the one thing that I eat sweets every single day and I'm sure that's not the problem. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. That's Sugar. always the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's most often the thing that the person is so scared to give up or to yeah. change. Um, so that's a pretty big clue. Um, we look at all things, you know, is it diet? Um, you know, diet, food doesn't have to be scary. Mm -hmm. And having a cup of coffee a day isn't a bad thing from my point of view. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it might be that if, if the person says to me, well, I drink one cup of coffee today, a day and you know, I'm wired and I'm jittery and I sweat every time I do it. Well, okay. Maybe that's not the thing for them. Mm. So it, it can be so individualized and sometimes it's the job that they go into every day and maybe they can't get out of the job. Right. Maybe like, you know, I can't ask somebody, well, quit your job tomorrow because it's the thing that's causing you all of the, these ailments. That's unfair. Mm -hmm. So what I would like to do is say, okay, let's work on some tools so that you can walk into this job environment mm -hmm. and make it the best that it can be, you know? can you put on some music and plug headphones in so you don't have to listen to everybody's griping? Mm. You know, is there a place that you can go walk on your lunch break, you know, and sit by yourself instead of being in that cafeteria where you have vending machines and really, you know, poor, poor quality food. Mm. Can you get up and move and just walk the stairs every 30 minutes? There, there are different things that we can offer. And I really mm. like to look at the person's life lifestyle, what, what they're coming in for me, what they're asking to change yeah. and just starting from there one thing at a time. That's so powerful. One thing at a time, because if you load people up, they're just not going to do any of it. It's not, they're not going to pick and choose. They will just avoid it all and say, Oh, I can't do it. I'm not going to be successful. I'm not even going to try. I, I, I found that, you know, the hard way. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> you know, personally and with my patients. So, um, okay. So what I'd like to know too, and this is just, I did not grow up with chiropractic. I'm from a very small town in Connecticut and I, I wish I had, I had zero experience with it. Um, 
until I got to PT school. And then in PT school, I don't really think that they, they educated us about it, but I think there was an underpinning of don't trust them. Don't trust For some reason, that's what sticks out in my head. And so now as I've matured and grown and learned so much more, I really see how powerful chiropractic is. And I really see how much more it aligns with my view of health and wellness and, and where, you know, how we stay on that path of health and wellness. So, you know, as PTs, we feel um, successful when our patients see us, we work with them, we solve that problem, and then they go away. No, they come back to us for a new problem. Cool. Or they just need a little tune up, they forget, or they got off track. Cool. But if they keep coming back in for the same thing, or if they just want to never leave, and they just want to keep going and going and going, we don't feel as successful in teaching them how to maintain their health. And so I'm starting to see now that with chiropractic, having long-term chiropractic care is kind of like taking your car to the mechanic. Tell me about that. Like how often do, do does everyone need to see a chiropractor? What's your view? Like how often would be ideal? Things like that. That is such a great question. I love how you relate it to, to PT. Um, and I also love how you relate it, taking your car to get <laughs> tuned up. Those are all things that all I would machines. probably say. Yes, I'd probably use those analogies in my own, in my own office. That's great. Um, so there are different phases. And the first phase of anyone coming in would be so much like I have the same goal as you. My goal looks like I want the patterns in the nervous system to change. Mm. So there is a way that people view health as being a lack of symptom. So if you don't have symptoms, you must be healthy. I don't agree with that. I mean, the, the number one symptom of a heart attack is usually death. Are you going to wait until that happens to decide that you're going to take charge of your life? So to me, a healthy system is a system, if I'm looking from neurological standpoint, that adapts to its environment continually. Mm. So every time we get input from our environment, we should be able to respond to that in some way. So the response, if you're being chased, is that your blood goes to your uh, skin and muscle tissue quickly, the heart rate increases uh, the pupils open up to get more light so you can see where you're going. You know, your adrenals kick on. You're able to expedite getting out of a dangerous situation. Mm. If you're sitting with a, a sweet little brand new baby and the baby's cooing, you know, your heart should be filled with love. You should be relaxed. Like there are different responses to different cues in the environment. Mm. And in any one of those situations, every 10 seconds, our body should change. Yes. And that's a healthy system from my point of view. Right. So when somebody comes in and they have a pattern and they show up time and time again with a pattern, that is the thing I'm looking to change to open up to facilitate that actually being in a place where it can change. Mm -hmm. So whether, you know, they come in and we adjust them, you know, in one area or in five areas that doesn't so much matter to me as it matters that we're seeing the patterns changing. Yes. Symptoms being way down on the list of things that matter or are important to me yeah. in that care. So once I see that the patterns are changing in the person, 
I've reached that first level of success. Okay. The second level then becomes this beautiful place of long-term with an open system. Can we actually change down to the cellular level how your body is functioning? So we know with cellular replacement, cells are replacing themselves at a different rate for every organ, every muscle, every tissue in our body by the millisecond. They're just continually like renewing themselves. Mm. So imagine if you had dissonance or a subluxation is the word we call it in our profession. If you were subluxated in a part of your nervous system, so you weren't getting all the function possible, you're replicating unhealthy cells with unhealthy cells. Those unhealthy cells create unhealthy muscle, unhealthy organ, unhealthy tissue. Mm. And that's what your body imprints time and time and time again throughout your life. Eventually, that probably is going to turn into a symptom. Mm. So if you have a clear system, now are we able to replace those unhealthy cells with, with healthy cells? And we have been able to prove absolutely yes. It starts immediately but you can't get the full effect of that with two adjustments. Right. That's something that is traceable over years. That's what the long-term care is about. Over the years, can I actually change my unhealthy self to a more healthier, better version of me? That's exciting. That's the exci- that's where I get excited. Yeah. Usually people aren't coming in with symptoms at that point and it's easy for them to maybe stop coming or not see the importance of it anymore. Right. Because you can't see that. It's not like, you know, your teeth got whiter, you know? I mean, that's stuff that's happening on the inside of your body. Um, that's where the teaching and education comes into place. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's the long-term benefit. So initially someone might come in And we need to make those changes in the neurology. So we like to see people pretty often at the beginning to really imprint those changes. Once those changes are made and a person's healthy, here's the choice. If you are in a high stress environment that you really can't change or just not ready to change, you probably need to come in a little bit more often. Mm -hmm. And that can be anywhere from a couple times a week to once every couple weeks. If you are training for a marathon, if you're using your body uh, for performance or because you are one of those manual laborers, Mm -hmm. you should probably come in more often. The more you use the body, the higher your stress, the more you probably need it Mm fine-tuned and just that assistance in the nervous system for highest function possible. Mm -hmm. If you're well-balanced, you're not really aiming for something grander with your body, um, and you feel like your life is pretty balanced on all levels with what you put in your body, with what you eat, your sleep, your spiritual life, your emotional life, all those things are in check. Uh, What I recommend in my office is that people check in about every five to six weeks just to keep it that way. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's actionable. I think five to six weeks, if all your ducks are in a row, I think that's doable. So yeah, that's awesome. I, um, would love to hear you talk about Cafe of Life some more and how you have worked your passions into what you've created there. You've really attracted so many wonderful practitioners and have this um, holistic healing space there. I've, I've, you know, just love it when I go there. And um, yeah, I would love to hear your your thoughts on that. Yeah, thank you. Um, Cafe of Life is a very special center. I think we're in Grant Park. 
And when I opened, it's been, I think, 10 or 11 years ago now, I was a chiropractic center downstairs. And I was actually getting calls from the community when I moved into the area of a lot of different like-minded healers that didn't have a space to play. So most of them were working out of their homes, basements, like little spaces where they could find it. They were so happy that I had come in and actually opened like a a brick and mortar place. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of requests to use space. I didn't realize this is where we were headed at the time. I just kept saying yes. (laughs) And so the first rendition of it was this little tiny loft upstairs where we were like pulling out a massage table and a carpet for massage, putting that back in a closet, pulling out exercise balls for pregnancy and fitness classes, putting those back in the closet, pulling out yoga mats, having a yoga class, putting that back in the closet. So two years later when my lease was up, um, I had a lot of trust that I could move on to what actually was my 20-year plan. I was only two years into practice. Ah. So it was scary and fun. And of course, the perfect place showed up um, because I intended it to be that way. And we moved down um, into the southern more part of of Grant Park Mm -hmm. onto about an acre of land that had a pretty big facility. And I was able to give... Uh, real true individual spaces to these practitioners. So that's changed a lot over the past six, seven years. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had a whole variety of people come in and out of there. Um, Currently where we are, we have everything from Thai body work, massage therapy, psychiatry, psychology, uh, massage therapy. We've got an at-home midwife who sees clients um, in preparation for home birth. Um, and, uh, I'm a chiropractor. I also am certified to adjust animals. So we have animals come in the space and there are two other chiropractors that also see families. Um, so it's, it is a really, really, oh, and the natural nail salon. Oh, Mm -hmm. how could I, Miss Sonia would be so mad if I left her out. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. And, um, our most recent tenant is actually the Shambhala Meditation Center. That's really fun as well. They just moved in a few weeks ago. And so along with what's going on inside within the past year, I was able to expand upon the vision I had for outside as well. It's very, very special to have the property that I have in the middle of the city. And in the back um, yard, we have built sheds and pens and um, recently acquired three Nigerian dwarf goats. And we've got 10 hens three beehives and several gardens back there. So we're really expanding on the part of natural living as far as food goes. Uh, We do want to eventually breed and milk the goats. You know, we're already collecting our first couple eggs. Uh, We raised the hens from little chicks and they're just starting to lay now. So that's exciting. You know, all organic and natural, no no chemicals or pesticides with any of them. So it's been really fun. I think we'll harvest our first bit of honey in the fall as well. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So now thinking about your practice, what are um, some things that you see women specifically, uh, because this podcast is geared toward women, um, you see women coming in with, what are, what are people dealing with that you're seeing you have to address again and again, or it's very common nowadays? Yeah, good question. Um, for women, it can be anything from that very type A corporate, uh, 
powerhouse woman that is just constantly on the go, constantly has 18 different, you know, projects they're working on, sometimes also juggling family life and sometimes not, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, just maneuvering through a world in that way with relationship, whatever that looks like for them, Mm -hmm. um, the feeling of being supported or not. And, um, you know, also from our beautiful, like, young ladies trying to figure out what they want to be and who they want to be in the world, Mm -hmm. Um, mothers that maybe find me during their pregnancy or at the beginning or end stages of that, Mm -hmm. Um, people come in for all different reasons, especially my, my women and I would say the prominent thing that I see is a lot of doing, not enough receiving, and not enough support on whatever level that is. Mm. There, as women, I think we tend to be more of the nurturing energy, and we nurture and support so much for others. It's really, really challenging for people and especially the women that I see to receive that in return, Mm -hmm. to know how to ask for it or receive it. Mm -hmm. And that does create in people that oversympathetic, we've talked about that a little bit earlier in the show, uh, that fight or flight, the fear, worry, the pain, Mm -hmm. the what am I going to do next? How am I going to find the time? And that creates a very distinct pattern in the neurology and people get very stuck there. How that can show up is in several different ways. When the body is in that oversympathetic place, it cannot do restoration and healing. Mm. That would be the opposite, which is called parasympathetic. So in that oversympathetic place, um, there's restlessness and sleep, irritable bowel syndrome, It can turn into anxiety and depression. Mm. Um, And that absolutely 100% relates all the way down to the sacrum and pelvis. Mm. It shows up usually in the very upper and the very lower parts of the spine and the neurology. And there's a distinct disconnection in the body. And I love to teach women how to find that place again, how to reconnect to themselves and just give themselves that gift of ease. And what is that one thing you can do for yourself every day? It might be 10 or 15 minutes of getting up early and just sitting in a quiet space. Yes. I think we need to start teaching that in classes or mommy and me groups or something more. And I I think it's a buzzword now to say, oh, we all should be meditating, but we just don't do it enough. And it's not, I mean, meditation has so many benefits, But it's really, I think back to like the yin and the yang, you know, we can't always be activity. We have to be some kind of rest. If you think of the seasons, you've got productive seasons, spring and summer, and then you've got the winter. Not a lot is growing. It's it's taking a rest, you know. And so I feel like we're always do, do, doing. We don't just allow ourselves to exist and be. And I'm one of those. I don't relax well. I mean, I think most women don't. But in my line of work where I see, and it's interesting you say that it goes to the top and the bottom of the spine, because I can tell you right now, when you're in sympathetic, that's, you know, parasympathetic is rest and digest. So what I see so many times, really with every one of my patients, I am educating about constipation. Yes. They're not digesting. They're not pooping. They're not taking the time. It's, you have to give yourself some time to do that. It's not like pee in and out of the bathroom. 
Um, so I, I totally, that mirrors what I see clinically as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so that's a perfect segue. How do you balance everything <laughs> with all that you have going on, the animals and the other practitioners and the, um, the space in your personal life? What does, you know, your self-care look like? And I feel so lucky, I have to say, because I have created a space for my own self. So where I go to quote work is actually where I play and have fun and find my peace and find my healing. Mm -hmm. So I can show up in the morning and spend some time out in the yard with the animals. And that's my meditation. You know, that is my connecting to nature and just being quiet for a moment before I start my day. Mm -hmm. And then in, in, you know, in my space, I play the peaceful music and I'm connecting with people in quiet and I'm usually alone in there in the room with somebody and there's not a lot of like talking and carrying on like it's a very meditative quiet space. Nice. So fortunately, yeah, I've made that choice and that feels really good for me. So yes, the business part of the world gets stressful. I don't have the perfect life. But I can definitely say I wouldn't change my job for anything. Mm -hmm. I'm up moving. I'm rarely sitting at a desk. I'm rarely looking at a screen. So I've got that to my advantage from the get-go. Um, anytime that I'm in, my, in the car, I have on some sort of audio book um, that is teaching me. I love to learn. Learning is part of my balance as well. Yeah. And I get to do that. So say I'm going to adjust horses and I've got an hour or so drive. Um, I take advantage of that time not to put on like crazy music or not to listen to the news that's destructive and fear-based, but to really lift myself up in something that's teaching me uh, more about what I love and more about what I want to create in my life. Yeah. Um, so those are, I take advantage of, of that time. Family is definitely really important. That's a priority. Um, you know, I've got a great relationship with my uh, partner and he, you know, we find a good balance with one another. He does a lot of the healthy cooking. We love to go to the farmer's market on Sunday and get our fresh foods from the farmers directly and locally. Mm -hmm. So we've got that availability. Um, so that's how I balance my eating, my diet, you know, make sure I start the day with something really good, like a smoothie, mm -hmm. uh, fruits, something that's, that's alive. That's, you know, whether it's fruits or eggs or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see, I've touched on, I think most the quiet time. Yeah, I definitely exercise a couple times a week. And that is just really like making it happen. I don't yeah. always love waking up early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I get home pretty late at night. I usually get home about 730 or eight, I've got very jam packed days. Mm -hmm. But I will wake up that extra 30 minutes to take a walk even yeah. um, in the past couple years with my injury. Um, I couldn't move my body a lot, but I would sit on a mat and at least stretch or be mindful and just have my quiet time. Mm -hmm. And that's how I kept myself sane, honestly, because there wasn't a whole lot I could do. Yeah. Um, so now that I'm able to move a little bit more, you know, I'm just enjoying it. And I don't think exercise should be stressful either. Yeah. So, you know, it's like if I have a dance party in my house, if I want to jump on the bed, if mm -hmm. I want to jump rope out in the driveway, if I want to go swim at my mom's house, all that is exercise. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be go to the gym and lift weights for 30 minutes. I Just moving your body and having fun. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are things I enjoy. That's funny you say that because yesterday I um, walked and ran my daughter to the playground, you know, pushing her in the stroller. <laughs> and I got there and I'm like, 
I want to do a, a what is it? A cartwheel. Yeah. I'm going to do a cartwheel. Well, I had done some deadlifts the day before. So I went down for the cartwheel and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to pull a ham. I didn't. Thank God. I feel okay. I'm good. I'm good. But, well, you, oh. know, you know a good chiropractor if you do, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I need, I need some help. Um, so that was, that was kind of sad. But I was happy I tried and I have to keep doing it. So That's right. But I, I have to ask, so in the car, if you are you know, willing to share what books or what podcasts or what things do you like to listen to or have, have you been listening to recently? Um, I would love to share. I am currently listening to a brilliant book that I especially would recommend to all of our women listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called A Mind of Your Own. Oh, I haven't heard of it. Oh, it is a brilliant, brilliant book um, for any woman that's, you know, maybe gone through depression, anxiety, having postpartum with a baby, mm-hmm. um, thyroid conditions, um, on any medications at all, thinking about getting off, not being able to trust the body. It gives very tangible, here are the steps for health naturally and holistically. And it's written by a a doctor who went through this on her own, um, just trying to navigate through, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better option. Yes. She is brilliant. I I agree thus far with every single thing she said. Most of it is what I teach um, people in my office as well. But she does a very eloquent job of giving the science And um, all the step-by-step information that maybe I'm not so great at, you know, I, I just blurb out yeah. things. <laughs> Me too. She's, she she <laughs> seems very organized yes. in, in her thoughts and the way of presenting that. So I love that. Um, I listened to a great little short read written by a neurosurgeon called Into the Magic Shop. Okay. And that's really about manifesting uh, the life that you'd like to create. Mm-hmm. And he talks about that from a neurological point of view. Um, I also have just recently finished a book called, uh, let's see, it's called Human Heart, Cosmic Heart. And that's a great read for anybody with like arrhythmia, looking to like really how to heal heart stuff, um, stroke, anything related to like blood vessels and the heart. And it really talks a lot about the science and debunks a lot of myths and things that we think the heart does or how it functions that aren't really true. Yeah. And then also navigates you into the emotional energetic world of the heart and how important that is. Which I am just starting to be aware of. And it's kind of incredible. Have you heard of heart math? Yes. 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 Absolutely. I need to look into that more and I want to get one of those devices or you know like I think that would be phenomenal to yeah me (laughs) absolutely and then I would say right now anything written by Bruce Lipton he's kind of my hero right now okay yeah is he a chiropractor how do I know that name what is he um he is not but he certainly um is an advocate he is a scientist and he's bridged the scientific world and the metaphysical world. Okay. That's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. So he wrote uh, biology of belief and spontaneous evolution. Um, a couple, a couple books like that. Yes. He's on my list. I'm like, I know that name. Yeah. I don't think I've read anything by him yet, but soon, soon I will. So thinking of prevention, I just think, I mean, that's where my heart is at. And, and I'm hoping with this podcast that people will glean some information. They know resources that they can reach out to, but then also we can just share more and more of this knowledge that we're learning as we go through life of how we can live our best life and how we can prevent issues before they arise. Um, so 
if you can speak to that, that would be great. Yeah, I think the greatest prevention really comes in that deep listening of ourselves. I think that we too often depend on somebody else to tell us what that magic secret is. And it's really rarely the thing that works. Um, I do not think that there is a single diet that's for everyone. I don't think that food is scary. I don't think that there's a type of movement that is better or worse Um, I think that when you tune into your own self and really listen, that the body really gives you a whole lot of clues Mm -hmm. and it can really be your best friend and your best guide. I know that probably seems pretty intangible to some of the listeners that, again, might have no clue what that even means, but I would just encourage you to step out and, you know, seek somebody out that can teach you step one Mm -hmm. of that listening. Maybe just take that five or 10 minutes of of true quiet with your body in a space where you're uninterrupted Mm -hmm. and start exploring that. Um, I would say if you're coming from a place of fear in anything, in what you're feeding your body and how you're moving your body, if you're coming from a place of fear, you're probably not on the right track. If you're coming from the place of trust and whatever it is that you're doing really truly makes you happy, makes you feel alive, Mm -hmm. do more of that. Mm -hmm. Really focus on what it is you'd like to create and not not what scares you or what you're trying to avoid. Um, I think that that's pretty broad, but that would really be the, the sound advice that I would offer. I think that's fantastic and so powerful and I agree with it 100%. And I feel like a lot of times if we ask people to do that, take five or 10 minutes just to be by themselves. And, and I, I think people have a hard time doing that. I mean, think without a phone without you know, we all take five or 10 minutes to mindlessly scroll through whatever, but yeah, to actually go outside and listen to the birds, be in nature, but just be with yourself. I feel like we're not good at doing that or, or quieting the mind. I mean, I think we are, alone a lot because we have our phones we feel like we're more connected than we really are but we just we're not allowing ourselves the space to look within the space to feel what we feel and yeah i think that's incredible and again just with manifesting and just focusing on what you want to have and not the worry and the fear and that negative spiral of all the bad things that could happen i think is how you can create more of what you want to happen in your life right absolutely yes yeah so what inspires you Oh my goodness. Um, there is, I suppose it's the perseverance of the human and also the capacity at which we can really heal Mm -hmm. and we can really change dramatically Mm -hmm. and it's choice. It's all based on choice. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want it, you can have it. That really inspires me. I'm inspired every day to just feel kind of aesthetically experience people who really do, they have really been through the gamut in their life. It's incredible to me. Again, I think I mentioned this before, but to really listen to people's life stories. Mm -hmm. Most of the time I'm looking at this person with so much love and so much respect. And I don't know what they think I'm thinking, but most of the time what I'm thinking is, wow, I cannot believe that you're sitting here in front of me with a smile on your face and that you're continuing to pursue your life in such a grand way because they've just been through so much. Mm -hmm. That inspires me. If somebody comes in and shows up like that, 
I want to give them my very best. I want to give them the very best opportunity that they can have. Yes. Um, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, and that, the way I stay grounded and inspired myself in that so that I'm able to gift that to people is really just in nature. I mean, it's that same, that same awe that I have in people I have when I watch a sunset, Mm. you know, it's, it's like those, the, all of the colors, it's like, I just don't take any of that stuff for granted. Um, you know, we had a little bird lay some eggs and we watched them hatch. We watched them on feed them. We watched them actually each take their first flight and leave. And just going through that whole process, it's like life is amazing. And there is so much to keep you inspired right in front of your face. Mm -hmm. And I I do my best to stay connected with that. And tap into that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Are there any other tips or words? I mean, I feel like you've shared so many (laughs) words of wisdom, but I just have to ask if there's any other parting thoughts you have. I feel like you've said a lot and enough, so no pressure, but um, if you did have anything, I wanted to open that up for you to share. I would just reiterate one more time that your body is amazing. I really do believe that our bodies, one, they do not lie and that they are always working for our greater good. So if you're in a place right now where you're just cussing your body out because of the pain you're in or because it's not working the way you want it to, um, please change that. Ask different questions. Ask your body what's right about it. Ask your body if you could change, how could you change to actually create more ease in your life? What would that look like? What is your body trying to tell you? Mm. It's usually asking you to stop and make a change of some sort. And usually when you ask those questions, you know what the answer is. Yeah. So so give your body the kindness that it's giving you. Yeah. Yeah. So so powerful. What is the best way to contact you or to find out more? Oh, thank you so much. Um, If you want to find out more about me and my practice, our website is www.comethrivewithme.com. We are Cafe of Life in Grant Park. Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. Awesome. Well, I honor you so much and all you've been (laughs) through and all that you share with the world and have taught me. And um, I just am so honored that You've agreed to be on my podcast, but to also, you know, do what you do. And I have your your access to you in this city, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, But thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you. The feeling is very mutual. I'm so glad to be here today.